Welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Michael. I'm Mark. I'm Nay. Hello. That was great. So we are coming at you tonight from the frozen food section of the world's most terrifying fucking grocery store (laughs) to bring you another episode of Attack of the Queer Wolf. We are solo tonight. We are. Not really, but we're amongst ourselves. Stood up. Mm, True. Yes. Anyway. Somebody Somebody got Kara. I'm just saying. I mean, we're talking step for today, and Kara conveniently couldn't make it. Uh oh. True. Because of the flu. Mark, what did you do to her? That's her partner's name, Mark. Oh. So <laughs> she shows up say, I don't know. <laughs> she shows up next week and she's like, why don't they have a straight pride parade? That's true. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> exactly. She that goes would from, be a modern. She goes from modern. ally to like, <laughs> I don't know, like tummy lozenge West or whatever Virginia. the hell her name is. <laughs> Lozenge. Uh, okay, uh, she makes my throat hurt. She, okay. she's, she's, she, she's done now, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, she's she tried to be Junior Ann Coulter, and it isn't working for her. And so now she's just like <laughs> she, posting pics and videos, like she's a fucking realtor. She really was like the Muppet Babies Ann Coulter for like a minute. <laughs> the angriest realtor in West Hollywood. Right. Oh God, that's right. She lives in West Hollywood. Isn't that the worst? Yes, she does. Like, what does she do? It just bothers me. She lives in the one place that like she talks the most shit about, mm-hmm. but she like okay. happily lives in its protections. So its- I'm so sure then she you know just sort of climbs out of her well and <laughs> occasionally shows up at like she's the modern day Samara <laughs> from the ring, just for the RNC's Samara. Yes. <laughs> what is her name in the Ringu Sadako? Sadako. Yeah, and that's there's a new one of those coming out this summer. Ooh, nice. Is there? Yeah, and it's called that. Yeah, yeah nice. that's going to be the new one. Oh. And I believe the original director is coming back. I could be wrong. But it definitely there's a new movie coming out this 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 summer right, in Japan. Right. Speaking mm-hmm. of videotapes, did you guys read about um <laughs> the last blockbuster? Yes, I did. I was like, what does it say about me that I it's in Bend, Oregon and I and and they were like we have no plans to close and I was like you I was like you go blockbuster <laughs> that's right you don't close did you slow clap i totally did i i it was like it was like a rudy moment for me like reading about it and i was like i want to do a pilgrimage and then i was like what's wrong with me but i think i think i'm having like a serious uh nostalgia well, kick yeah. or something because i mean when you're nostalgic for blockbuster which like back you then was like one, though, right? i, I yeah. even worked at one that's part of so it. but i mean you know compared to like the real mom and pop video stores that had like some some of the real grotty oh yeah stuff mm-hmm. that was always you know, great I mean, blockbuster kind of sucked so i don't know i just want to say that now i'm nostalgic for blockbuster and that kind of bummed me yeah. yeah someone was actually i saw someone post an article i didn't read it but the headline was something like <laughs> very modern of me to just read the headline um was something <laughs> like people are nostalgic for a chain of stores that actually brought down every mom and pop shop in america exactly so like it's it's a really interesting thing but it is the end of an era for sure. oh anyway i was like i'm broken <laughs> You and me both. We were a Hollywood video family. Same. Oh, that was yeah. a close. That was like a block closer to us than Blockbuster. No, ours was further, but Blockbuster sucked so much. We decided to go the extra. Hollywood miles. Video always had better deals. Like yes. two for one, or mm-hmm. like third night free. Absolutely, and they yeah. didn't charge you late fees for no reason. I'm Brennan, by the way. Hello, hi Brennan. Hi, Brennan. Brennan. 
<laughs> we had fa- a lot of family videos. Was that a thing anywhere else? I, yeah, that's actually still a video chain in Cleveland. There's like two open in Cleveland still. I, in they have can- a curtain room. That's in right. Canada, we had West Coast video. Oh. oh. Which at the time if in Oakville, Ontario, was impossibly glamorous sounding. Like West Coast video. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a West commercial? Co- yeah, but they had a jingle. <sighs> Do you remember it? No. Sing it. <laughs> you love to sing. Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. Um, it was like, uh, get he the. So wants to sing. Uh, it was like, get the best from the West, West Coast video. And it just basically like looped that <laughs> so for like a great. half hour while you were in the store munching on popcorn, staring at, you know, like Shannon Tweed covers. <laughs> You know, and like colored bird cutouts. And I remember like looking at Shannon Tween being like, she's a sexy lady. Sure is. People think she's a sexy lady. Why don't I (laughs) think she's a sexy lady? Chris (laughs) Sarandon. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The phrase West Coast really was like a magical totem. Yeah. At least from my from my anthropological magical studies totem. of the nineteen eighty one My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who comes Great back movie. to his Canadian mining town, he was trying to make it on the West Coast. Oh. It's never clear which like the coast of where. <laughs> it's just capital W, capital C. Like I, t- I totally feel that. Yeah. It it really it it, it had a magical chimes to it, that that term. So Yeah. I miss miss video stores. We had a small small town one in my col- at my college and it, the horror section was so big mm-hmm. that they actually had to take the boxes and flatten them and then put them in like a filing cabinet uh, because there were so many. Wow. It was the best. My hometown college had a really cute store too called That's for Entertainment. <gasps> the section was huge. And it was you get it? Um, Rentertainment? <laughs> <laughs> Clever. I love right. puns. Into it. Sarah Jessica Parker's character would love the name of that video store. <laughs> Anyway, and I had to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Did were I we, was I kind all, and rewound? Were, <laughs> like, were we all about ninety nine cents on Tuesdays? <laughs> it's it's time for me to return this relationship before and incur a late fee. <laughs> there you oh, go. Oh goodness, go. that is what she would have said. Um. Oh. Anyway, what's everybody watching? Tea time. I went back and watched uh, season four of American Horror Story Freak, mm. Freak Show because it's my favorite season, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yes. I've never seen that season. Oh my god! Actually, you know what? There are parts of it I realize that I'm so uncomfortable during, and I don't feel that often when I watch anything. But I was like, oh, I'm like physically uncomfortable right now. Hmm. Was that before or after Hotel? Before. Before. I think it was the season. The before. one before. Okay. See, I. Like around hotel was the one where I and I missed Freak Show, but then I was like, "Oh, hotel, Lady Gaga, sure, like vampires." <laughs> Let me, you know, like okay. And then in like the first five minutes of hotel, Click. there was a man <laughs> who was like fucked to death with a spike. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was like, "I'm good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm good. Oh, thanks." <laughs> But Freak Show has Jessica Lange singing Life on Mars. Oh, my God, right? right? In this beautiful, glittery production number. It's beautiful. That's the, that musical number was literally the only reason I watched the rest of the season. And then it happened again, so. Mm-hmm. Didn't she rewarding. also sing uh, the, the, the name game in the Asylum episode? She sure oh did. God, yeah. I remember, like, yes. randomly flipping to it, and she was, like, banana fan of fun. I was like, um, was I dosed? <laughs> like, <laughs> What? <laughs> No, Ryan Murphy lets Jessica Lang do what she wants, and that is always a good instinct. Yeah. I would do the same. 
She was a remarkably good Joan Crawford, I have to say. She's doing something else for him now, right? I'm sure. So. Isn't he doing another series for FX that she's in? I'm sure he is. I think he's no, doing her Netflix something for Netflix. Yeah. yeah. He's got like 7,000 things in the fire yeah. always. But like this anthology is going to be based on Twitter threads. <laughs> <laughs> and like a Twitter fight. Uh, what are you watching, Mark? Or listening uh, or doing? So I saw two things. One thing I'm not really going to talk about. I, one thing I saw <laughs> was Greta, which um, is just <laughs> – <laughs> not really sure how to describe Greta beyond the fact that it's um, terrible, but <laughs> fantastic um, Absolutely. at okay. the same time. Uh, if you like Isabelle Huppert, you will love Greta because it is just a movie where people were like, you know, just turn the camera on Isabelle, just flip a table, freak out, <laughs> spit on Chloe Moretz, just whatever, <laughs> just whatever. And um, it's a good time. The thing I do really want to talk about is um, for people who thought that the Guadagnino remake of Suspiria was too heady or too intellectual or altogether too pretentious for them, may I recommend currently in theaters, A24 released Gaspar Noé's film Climax. Um, it is... Horrifying. I've been hearing a lot about it. It is terrifying. Uh, it is, long story short, it's about a group of dancers who are oh, right. about to, and there's incredible dancing in this movie. It's like so vital and alive. And one reviewer described it as fame directed by the Marquis de Sade. And that's, <laughs> that's really cool. super that's accurate. Awesome. Um, and it's clearly, in many ways, stylistically, lighting wise, very inspired by the Argento Suspiria. And uh, it's, it, it According to the the you know the the press uh, the press notes, uh, climax is based on a true story. I have zero idea if that's actually true, but climax is about a group of dancers who are uh, rehearsing a giant piece. They're about to uh, they're based in France, and they're uh, about to fly to America to New York the next day, and they're having a party, and so they're partying in their theater, their rehearsal space, or the slash dorm, whatever, and uh, they're dancing, they're smoking, they're Blowing rails and they're sharing margaritas. <laughs> blowing rails. Or, sorry, not margaritas. Uh, they're drinking sangria, and slowly but surely, they come to realize that the sangria was dosed. Oh no! With some really, really bad shit. Like LSD, right? Or yeah. And so begins a descent into what begins as this sort of exuberant, sort of like the, <laughs> these characters that you don't know well, but you know them. Uh, just a total descent into madness. It's the type of movie where halfway through I was covering my face with my sweater and I was sitting sideways in the seat because I was just like, make it fucking stop. I um, I could see that. So like trigger warning ye, like if you if if irreversible and um uh I stand alone were like not your cup of tea, it's the same director. Th- this movie is not as genuinely upsetting as at least irreversible was like irreversible was like once isn't, you know, once is enough. (laughs) Um, but it's, there's nothing like it in theaters right now. And, uh, if, like I said, Suspiria was kind of a letdown for you, um, then get to the theater. Cause this one is delivering on a visceral level that, uh, is pretty unmatched about for, you know, anything in theaters right now. Yeah. I saw someone post uh, an article about it and it was funny. It was like, 
how much of it to watch if this trigger warning triggers you. <laughs> so it'd like say, stay till like this 17 minute mark. Cause something's going to happen. So you should leave. And it like, was like basically all the chances you have to walk out of climax. Yeah. <laughs> and it went, it eventually like it, mm-hmm. it didn't, it spoiled it. But as I was reading it, I was laughing and I felt like there was so much going on in the movie that whatever was supposedly a spoiler, I wouldn't get unless I see it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought that was a really funny article. Yeah. <clears throat> it is uh, it that that is that is accurate. Yeah, I toughed it out throughout, but there was like I saw it in a semi packed theater, and like there were people that kept leaving, and that's like actually weirdly part of the fun because when seeing it when they leave, yeah, yeah, because there's certain things where you know it's time to what's going on on screen where people are like, nope, <laughs> no, nope, nope, and they just yeah. get up and they walk out. And one of the the first one in this article was thirty seconds in. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, and it's Gaspar Noé, so it's like there's a oh, like Enter the Void. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Okay. So I've that, that yeah. I mean, that is a movie that actually makes you feel like you've done drugs. Like it's the <laughs> most. It does. Like your eyes turn into spirals. Like <laughs> it's trippy. Two minutes in because the the credits are so yeah. fucking crazy, and this is sort of like the same kind of it, it. It is an experience, and you have to see it on a big screen if you can. So good luck. Do it. Awesome. Um, I've been getting into a lot of true crime. Ooh. So why not? Um, Murder. Yeah. So I actually went to, uh, based on a suggestion from my friend, Mark, I, you, I took a weekend trip alone to kind of do a reset. Just go. (laughs) Just do it. Just get out of there. Just get out of here. Yeah. And my boyfriend was like, I don't want, yeah, you can go. (laughs) So I actually drove to Palm Springs over the weekend, and on the way home, I took like a six-hour route. It was awesome. But I listened to an entire podcast called Over My Dead Body, and it's really great. I don't want to say too much about it because the final episode just came out yesterday, but it's about a Jewish couple, and I only bring up the fact that they're Jewish because their their religion plays a big part of their A, identity, and B, into the podcast, and C, into the community that's involved in the podcast – but I'm not going to say anything more than it's hilarious at times. It's about this young Jewish couple. They're both lawyers. They're both super smart. But then after they get married, things devolve. They start hating each other. There's a divorce. There's a murder. It's really great. Sounds juicy. And I hate to say it's really great because there's actually a living <laughs> – well, not anymore, but there's actually like a person that was real and living is dead as part of the plot. So like you forget sometimes when you're listening yeah. to those true crime podcasts that they're real. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like a really great listen. It's six episodes. They're 40 minutes each. It's like it goes over like that. And it was just option for a TV show, obviously, because what the fuck isn't anymore. But it would actually make a really great TV show. And I just like – I don't know. I For some reason – Sarah Paulson looks nothing like the main woman, but I'm just like, just throw Sarah Paulson in it. <laughs> Every podcast I cast her in, I cast her in it when I'm listening to a show. Cast Sarah Paulson always. Um, but it's super great. And just really quick Rex in that vein. Lorena, I don't know if we brought that up here yet. Um, did we? I don't think we did. We were texting about it. Yeah. 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 Remember texting saying we need to talk about it, and then we did yeah. it. Um, America owes her an apology. And um, I watched a documentary on HBO, and I don't even feel like saying the title because it's so rough, Leaving Neverland. I saw the first part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know. All I have to say is, as if, you know, you love Michael Jackson's music, and of course, who doesn't? Um, but do you I think need to I just want to say, like, to, like too, well, no, I mean, I think that it's like, it's unavoidable. Like, there's no way. I heard someone somewhere talk about how that music is, you can't cancel that music True. because it's, it's like, it's literally what today's pop is composed of. So That's it's like, you can't. That's a really good point. Is that, this is not me. This, this is someone much smarter about music. Mark talking. is so smart that he brought that up. <laughs> just, it's all me. Um, <laughs> So it's like okay, you can't you can't unring a bell, you can't unhear it, but you have to. I find the idea that you could watch these men's testimonies and doubt their sincerity, or I their truth because because you love thriller just too much. (laughs) I mean, I hate to laugh, but yeah, right. Fuck you. (laughs) it's a total fuck you. Like, like just it's. Come on, two things, both things can be true. Michael Jackson can be a genius and he can also be an abused child who in turn abused the shit out of a bunch of people. What Wade Robson's sister says. Yeah. She's like, you can appreciate someone's genius and you can acknowledge it, but they could also be a disgusting, horrible human being that hurt many, 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 many people. Both things are true. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway. Is it, is it corner time, Brennan? Mm. Lighten the moon with some. Yeah, sure. I just want to know about that picture of that guy. That's all I want to know. Oh, um, that's actually spoiler. That's for next week that I'm going to bring that one up. But, um, do I have his name? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about that later. Um, I, I don't have notes on that one yet. Is that the stage name, Hottie McGee? No? Yes. Yeah. Um, hot, hot Dad? Yep, oh. because that's the exact same joke naming convention they have in Mexico, yes. Um, <laughs> I was like, I saw that picture and I was like, you know, I wouldn't, he's not my first choice to play La Llorona, but I'll take it. Okay, for the record, um, just... Like, I guess here's a clue for what, what I'm going to be talking about next time. There's an actor named Adria Collado, and he's in Talk a movie called Kilometer 31, and he is, he is, he is a hot dad. Um, he's a silver fox. <laughs> anyway, um, real, he cr- is. He's real quick, real quick, um, this is like a, an amuse-bouche to the Yorona <laughs> corner. I watched, I watched a movie called The Cry from 2007, which is an update of La Yorona into like a New York setting, because that's going to be great. Um, it is... <laughs> relentlessly tedious so they gentrified la llorona <laughs> yeah they sure did <laughs> this is yeah it's uh <laughs> just i'm just checking it's just, just as, okay it's just as destructive and painful as gentrification. <laughs> it's in brooklyn sorry, um, on, Brennan, sorry. anyway no it's it's really boring except for a single scene where a mom kills her son for opening a new jar of chocolate sauce instead of using the one that was already open in the cupboard. Oh shit. That is Three and a half stars change. already from yeah, me. Yeah, I feel like yeah. my mom would totally oh, relate yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. My mom yeah. used to get so mad if someone would do something yeah. like that. Relatable. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the one I really want to talk about is do you remember last time when I talked about that Cabin in the Woods slasher movie called yes. The Whaler? Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched The Whaler 2. Oh my god, everything has a sequel. <laughs> from 2007. This movie, weirdly better than the original movie. Um, 
I would say it is one of those rare sequels better than the original. I know. Huh? Um, no, it's got better atmosphere. The director actually knows how to like shoot a scene. Um, there's some canted angles. So it's, it's like, well, that's the like most basic trick in the book, but they have read, they, they've read the book is the point. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's gorier. The Arona pulls off somebody's head at one oh, point. Nice. Cause the first one had like no gore at all. Um, this, the one thing I will say is like, as always there, there is a problematic element to La Llorona, especially in the more exploitative movies directed by men. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> Why is she like topless or something? No, um, just in this one, oh, they just killed me. That would be dumb. <laughs> she only shows one tip. She's like she's she's like killing kids with her titties. <laughs> that would be so bomb. Oh my that, god, that's, that's an aesthetic. Yeah, but, her supernatural or just like, tits or just one, like just one. Well, that that's yeah. like that's like ancient art it's right the there. Better I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but in this movie, they they do the really hackneyed. They somehow force her into the framework of the kind of like. Succubus temptress who turns into an old hag after you try to make out with her, and it's the whole. Well, it's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's that's a rough thing, and also they um it it spoiler alert for the whaler one um the the final girl who survives that gets possessed by La Llorona, and it it does not it palpably does not give a shit about the fate of the actual girl. Like, we're going to exercise La Llorona out of her, but mm-hmm. she only matters as a vessel for La Llorona, and the second she's safe, she's shoved off screen Man. so, like, the men can finish their arc. Wow. Um, so that's really rough. I Jeez. would not recommend this movie, um, except the the guy who plays, like, the dad is trying to, like, find his daughter is really trying to do a Liam Neeson thing. <laughs> it's not working. Also, <laughs> sorry to bring up Liam Neeson. He's That's a rough conversation <laughs> right now. Um, but he's just always, like... I'm in Mexico trying to find La Llorona. And his Um, daughter's Maggie Grace. She's in it. (laughs) No, I wish. But also, there's also a really tender moment between this, like, the the hot dude taxi driver who's, like, helping out the white guy. His uncle and his uncle's best friend, out of nowhere, have a scene about just, like, how they're best friends and they're really tender and they, like, share a moment. I'm like, I wasn't ready for this in this movie, but I'll take it. Anyway, she rips off a dude's head. The end. (laughs) All right. Were their tits out or no? No. So that was. Uh, that oh, would have been actually, major. You know what? She actually pulls her top down first and then rips his. Did head. she do it with her boobs? <laughs> yeah. I wish. I don't recall if she's topless at any point. Can I write a La Llorona movie? <laughs> yes. I bet you could write a better one than some of these mid 2000s ones. With her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the subtitle. Like, cut to me at Screen Gems going, like, okay, so in this scene, <laughs> her boobs are the weapon. Yeah. Again. It's like a full-on <laughs> Chesty Morgan, La Llorona. Screen gems. There was a, that was a movie. That was a movie. Uh, the Chesty Morgan was a porn star, a famous porn mm-hmm. star, and she was famous for a movie called Chesty's Deadly Weapons. That was, and she she literally had the biggest... She like smother people? Yes, and, <laughs> and it was a movie about how men would be like hypnotized by her, and then she would smother them to death. That's pretty great. With her rack. That's great. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, okay. Rebooted. Oh, um, have you seen Serial Mom? Yes. That is the movie that uh is it Chip? No, is Chip is her son. That? Chip um it's that um the guy is jerking off oh, to Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Chesty's deadly weapons. Is he jerking off to her? Pretty sure that's the other title. dead man. Yeah. No, uh, just the but but the, a shot of her boobs coming into the camera, <laughs> and so he. I mean, like the POV, yeah, boob POV. It's like it's, a shark from Jaws, kind of. 
<laughs> it's um, it's really something. I think something weird put it out like ages ago. So you can dig it up. All right. If Walking. speaking of feminism, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> while we're on a feminist, <laughs> we are here to bring you a movie. Yeah. Uh, who who picked this? I, oh, our our missing guest. Our, fe- oh our missing fembot <laughs> guest, Kara. <laughs> Kara, hi. We love you. Hi, Kara. So today's movie. Our friends Joanna and Walter Eberhardt moved to Stepford Village, Connecticut, with their children and the dog. Joanna, an aspiring photographer, is reluctant to leave New York City for the cozy Hamlet. Clearly, didn't have much say in the matter. Soon, loneliness sets in, and Joanna finds herself surrounded by gorgeous, obedient housewives. As far as the eye can see. Everybody, the Stepford Wives. Done. Oh, oh, yeah. Everybody, the Stepford Wives. No, here, I have an intro for the trailer. Um, You know how I have to kind of cut the shit out of the trailers to make them seem like shorter and more interesting for everybody? Yeah, I actually listened the whole thing and kept with it the whole time because it's, yeah. That's nice. Good job. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, thank you, because, yeah, mm. I sent you the thing. Mm. But, um, no, the narrator seems to know that we get easily bored, and he is rushing like uh, hell to yeah, get through. He, he also is, like, he sounds cumtastic. Like, did you ever know? What? Like, He sounds like he's, like, in the middle of an orgasm, the way he's speaking. Jesus. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, could, could you turn this up a tiny All right, so, dear listeners, picture that. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen to you be the judge okay, so here's, as you listen. Here is he's, like, trailer. talking about what they're doing to women. In the town of Stepford, the men are getting exactly what they always dreamed of, perfect wives. And the dream is becoming a nightmare for the Stepford wives. Am I wrong? A very modern suspense story from the author of Rosemary's Baby. Stepford wives about what men can do behind closed doors. We moved here about two months ago. And Ed joins this men's association. Anything that gets him out of the house. Me. I like to watch women doing little domestic chores. You came to the right town. I'll just die if I don't get this recipe. It took me so long to get the upstairs floor to shine. Charmaine's changed, Carol Van Zandt's changed, and so have all those other women's club members. I'm getting the hell out of Stepford. The trailer is every great line in the movie. Were you going to say something? I, no, go on. Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> no, you hang up. I have... <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts Same. about the Stepford Wives, especially in terms of the Stepford Wives as an adaptation of an Ira Levin novel and Ira Levin of, of Rosemary's Baby. And Sliver. Sliver. And, and Sliver, but, you know, Sliver. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we'll never know, <laughs> really, what was truly intended. But, like, there's a book of Sliver out there, and I could read it, but I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> I'm good. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't know. What did what did it, how was this anyone's first time watching no. Stepford? No, Mm-mm. no. So revisiting no. it, how did Revisit. it feel? Um, it felt. I don't know. I I don't remember how I felt when I initially saw it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a handful of times now too. It's just been a really long time. But I mean, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I remember thinking it was creepy when I was younger, but this time when I watched it, I think that – I guess I'm just always shocked by people who try to make their partners into something they're not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, it made me think a lot about kink and how I think when I was younger, I thought of 
like sexual experiences or kinky sexual experiences as like convincing someone that you're having sex with to like participate in certain things. And it's like, no, if, if you are really into something, you find someone who wants that done to them. The difference between consent and enthusiastic. consent, Yeah. Right. And Hmm. I'm like, you couldn't find women to just that want to like clean the kitchen all day. Loved waxing the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Easy off. I think there's something, (laughs) there's something the kink for them is making someone do what they want them to do. Well, yuck. Gross. Those are, that's, that's, that's a, that's a bad dumb. Oh yeah. <laughs> the bad. Um, I mean, I, so it's weird. I love this movie, right? Because I, I, and I think it's aged well because it's almost like the older it gets, I think the more of a time capsule it is and the, the more I love it at the same time, having read the novel and then sort of revisiting it this week again, because it had been a while. Um, it's interesting because I, I, I ended up feeling like it's a uh, uh, so everybody. Uh, Michael forwarded to us uh, uh, a New York Times article that was like, "Oh, uh, the Stepford Wives from 1975. The Stepford Wives was screened for a uh, for a group of prominent feminists yep. and feminist activists, and most notably, in you know, like the 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 reaction initially from that group was predominantly negative. Yeah, mostly disgust. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, Betty Friedan herself." Was visibly upset, apparently, and stalked out and called the movie a ripoff of the women's movement. And I remember first reading that and being, and being, and I, I, you know, I admit, like, rolling my eyes and being like, come on. And then I was like, wait a minute. And I went back and, like, looked at the book a little bit. And it's really interesting because I was like, well, no wonder she fucking felt that way because, like, I have this like pet theory now that like the Stepford Wives movie is like a fembot facsimile of the Stepford Wives novel. Okay. In a way. And that like Joanna in the novel is or novella because it's like super short. Um she calls herself a semi-professional photographer, but she has an agency. She has photos that are repped. She has a revenue stream. So she it. has a career. She has a career. She's not like yeah. begging like in the movie. No. In the movie, Joanna's like, I'm a semi-professional wannabe. I don't know. Yeah. She does everything but call yeah. herself a professional. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's in the movie, Walter's like, well, this is why we moved out here. Because you, you could build a dark room. You could do this. You could do that. And she just sort of sits there and is like, I'm not happy. And then the novel, she looks next door and Carol Van Zandt is like obsessed with waxing the floor and sort of like, <laughs> and so not, up. and, um, uh, and, and so she, in reaction to that, she's like, fuck that. I'm not fucking doing that. And she's, and so she pours herself a cocktail. She starts building her dark room mm-hmm. and then she starts going through her contact sheets and she finds a photo that she's like, that describe it as, um, she describes herself in the novel as like wanting to start an NOW chapter and being a fierce feminist. And, you know, she gets really excited about a photo she took right before she left New York, which uh, was a, a, a picture of uh, a black man in a beautiful suit and attache case scowling at a taxi cab that's empty that drove by him. And so she's like this incredibly like aware, interested that picture just says a lot. Right. About, yeah. Who she is, what her art is. And what yeah. she's like what she's interested in like what, discussing in her, her POV art. is, yeah. And and it's fascinating to me then as and, and also another thing in the novel is that uh 
the women are not who have been Stepfordized are not uh, described as being like Xanaxy kind right. of like no women actually speak this way, but like so it's interesting. The movie tilted towards comedy in a sense. In a way, and and I and so I was like, well, then if like like Betty Friedan and like all these women who like watched it that night and were pissed the fuck off, right? I go, well, and no wonder they were pissed off because it's like, well, this this movie made entirely by men suddenly was, and I and I, but I still love the movie, for, and I have another reason, but like I'm gonna shut up in like two seconds, but I was like, oh, no, I'm glad you brought this up. Isn't this interesting that? Uh, that that would be the initial reaction, why it was seen as kind of like a giant eye roll. Because it was essentially what, how they, I guess, they felt that night, like just totally ripping off and making fun of a movement. Well, it's, it's interesting that and you bring it up. I was going to bring this up later, but it's great to bring it up now because it is, you know, it's about the time the movie was made. Mm-hmm. And in that article, <clears throat> one of the opinion makers is what they called them yeah. um, when they did this when, was it Columbia? release the picture. They're the ones that put this together. Yeah. They distributed. And they talk about what you just said. If I ever hear the bar, one of them said, if I ever hear that bra burning thing again, well, it's just something no woman would have put in there as a line. Mm-hmm. And then this really resonated with me because it's something that was said 44 years ago and it's still being said today. Um, and about how the awareness session ended with the remaining women pretty much agreeing that the movie was junk should not be taken seriously. And that would they finally let women write and direct their own movies if they're ever going to have any intelligent women's pictures? Because mm. that was another thing Columbia did at the time was say this was a woman's picture, so that they were finally catering to the other half of the audience. You know, and it wasn't just two guys; it was two women that were at the forefront of the movie. Right. Um, but you, you know, I was reading this thing that Entertainment Weekly put out two years ago about the making of the movie, and they they spoke to a bunch of the actors and actresses. Most notably, Catherine Ross, who stars as Joanna, and Polly Prentice, who stars as uh, Paula Prentice is so Bobby. fucking good. Oh my god, Bobby and, uh, Markowitz for life. Yes, and oh. uh, god, what's her name from Gilligan's Island? Oh, um, they speak with her. Uh, I'm blanking. Yeah, Tina Louise. Yes, yes. Nanette Newman, who played Carol, who is so great in the movie. It's hard to play, mm-hmm. but they were talking about the reaction that people had at the time. And the thing I found interesting in this article, and I'll give it to you guys after if you want to read it. I would love to. Is that everyone blamed Ira. Like, at the time, everyone was talking about how Ira, like, his thoughts on feminism are horrible. Not the filmmakers, the guy who wrote the novel. And they were talking about how they interpreted that this is what Ira, and this was a question I was going to ask you guys, is that is this, this is what Ira th- wants that his version of the Stepford Wives is what he wants reality to be. And that was a question I was going to pose for the two of you. Just find it because I worded it. Nay, what are your, what are your thoughts? What, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Because would you say, what do you think he was trying to say, Ira Levin? I mean, you and I, I haven't read the novel. I don't know if you have either. Have but even watching the film, I didn't take that away from watching the film either. I mean, I can chime in. I'm, having read the novel, I can chime yeah, in. Please, too, yeah, please do. So... And this is, and I, and I say this as someone who I will watch the shit out of the 1975 <laughs> Stepford Wives anytime it's on, right? It's because it's just, as a movie, if you take it on its own merits, it's just a really well-constructed pop thriller. But in comparison to what Ira Levin was trying to put across, um, Ira Levin's novel is about 
not being able to trust, like Rosemary Woodhouse, Joanna Everhart is not able to trust her own instincts that something is terribly wrong. And it is about the paranoia and the kind of gaslighting that goes on for Joanna um, and not about a big reveal. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's <clears throat> fascinating about the novel uh, it is that it ends um, in a, I mean, spoiler, it's like a 40 yeah. fucking year. Okay. Spoiler. So, and it's a really short book, so if you're if you're at all interested, absolutely read it because yeah, even if you know yeah. everything that's going to happen, Just it's doing- still so well written. It's so it, it's so incisive and so great. But it ends um, it ends with well two things, which I really fucking love and I totally forgot about. Uh, Joanna's sort of story ends with her not at the men's association and you know the 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 men like recording her children's right, cries like to like and then a house. robot and a robot with black eyes that shit is nuts that yeah. shit is nuts and if, does it make for like a fun movie visually like, yes. of course it does of course however again it is about like fembotting the real sort of question at the center of the book which is that the horror of the Stepford Wives, as Ira Levin sort of intended it, as far as I can tell, is that the horror is not about what what men do necessarily. It's rather the, the constant fear that these women are experiencing because they never feel that they can trust that they're safe. Well, there's nothing more frightening than knowing the truth about something and no one believing you. Oh, right. Oh, Rosemary yeah. has the same exact thing in Rosemary's exactly. Baby. Joanne ha- Joanna has it here. I mean, she has her confidant in Bobby, but as soon as Bobby's changed, you're like, fuck, Joanne's fucked. Well, and this is the thing. That, so the novel ends with um, everyone is treating Joanna like she's lost her shit, right? Because she's convinced, you know, she's asking, do you bleed? Do you bleed? And so... Oh, beautiful line. I know. And... Uh, so they they bring her over to Bobby's house where you know, Bobby's been Stepfordized by now, and she's like, "Of course, Joanna. Of course, you know." But they, but it's not described as like I'm on Valium and right. I sound she's like a ask cartoon. You that. No, that's the thing, and that's another reason why I would imagine uh, that that uh, feminist activists at the time might have watched the. I mean, I'm, I'm filling in blanks that I have no you know no. Re- this is a supposition, but like I could see how. Betty Friedan could watch the 75 Stepford Wives and be like, the fuck? fuck you, you're making fun of women. You're not making fun of men. You're making right. fun of women because you're making, like, a woman who chooses to love housework doesn't need to seem like a fucking idiot. If she chooses to love housework, then she chooses to love housework. Right. What's, what's bizarre to Joanna is not that they're acting like cartoons, but rather women who had a variety of interests and who started an NOW chapter a few months before she moved there, suddenly all they're interested in is simply doing housework. And so I found that incredibly illuminating in terms of like what, and the irony is, is that the 2004 <laughs> Stepford Wives is like a Stepford fembot of it's like a, the 75 It's like the scary movie version of it's. <laughs> It, you know, it I mean, really I actually is. saw that in the movie theater, oh, like, so and I was like so excited to be I'm scared. So excited! I was so like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. So I was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to a- ask you both a question, and Brennan as well, if you want to chime in. Oh, hi. Um, so, what is this film's feminism? Because to me, and please tell me if I'm wrong, I'm just some stupid gay white boy. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. Um, It does strike a tone that this is the only way to be feminist, which is to be the opposite of what all the fembots are, right? And I always see true feminism or feminism as 
there is no correct way to be a woman per se. Like whatever right. a woman likes to do and wants to do right. and is making that choice to do that. And that includes being a housewife and mm-hmm. includes being a woman who loves to clean. That's feminism, you know? And I feel like the, the film only gives us one POV of feminism. Um, sure. A lot of the women in the film had no choice in the matter of how, how they ended up, but we only see one POV from two at times three characters. So all three of them have the same exact POV and feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? You know, like, I mean, yeah, well, it could have been, I mean, that's like an interesting layer to think about people choosing that and then people not choosing that. And like it being okay to choose that if it, if it's your choice. Yeah. Cause I think they missed an opportunity in the film to have a woman who didn't quote unquote need to be changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's there's so many different I don't know, like the film says you're either a cleaner or you're like a bra burner. There's well, like nothing in between. Right. There's and, no other like visual representation either. Like, where's the women of color? Where's and, the queer women? The, the, like there's no one over the well, age of thirty I mean, listen, I mean, seventy-five in Connecticut. Right. But like there's get, no like, one over the age of thirty-five. Like right. is everyone else considered like unworthy? Or unneed, you know what I mean? Like, or like some Logan's Run shit. Yeah, it's like, it's like another. It's just another way of expressing what they want. Ideally, in, yeah. in a town and in a community, is not having those people. I mean, if they really think that they're liberal for a, <laughs> for having Chinese food, I forgot about that. I like a fraud when she a said black that. family moving in in the future. Amazing. Like, I can't believe you have to be liberal. For a black person to live in your city, well, no, and that's and and the the novel is like dry as a bone in terms of like how it lampoons those aspects. Um, the 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 whole segment with Bobby at the end and Joanna ends with the men are upstairs in Bobby's house and they're blasting rock music, and she's like, like, and and Joanna's like. What's what's going on? And she's and she thinks like they're playing music that loud in case I scream. Mm. Oh shit! And basically, it just ends with her sitting with Joanna and essentially ignoring her instincts and essentially saying, "No, there's there's no way, there's no way I could be right. There's no way that 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 something's wrong. Bobby wouldn't do something to me, would she? Would she? And then it just sort of like essentially kind of fades to black. I kind of love that. And the coda of the novel is great because it introduces Ruth Ann, a young black woman who's oh. moved with her husband to Stepford, entering the supermarket. Just and the- she's like, mm-hmm. she's like, okay, here we go. We're new here. And, you know, and Carol Van Sant or someone, I think, or Charmaine, I forget, is like, hi, <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to ask how you are because you just look incredible. And so, you know, Ruth Ann is like, oh, okay. And she's like, literally like, okay, I guess. Being black in Stepford may be okay after all. You know, like maybe it'll be okay. Who knows? And she talks to Joanna, who is, you know, I'm so much happier now that I'm, you know, now that I'm not doing photography. I'm just focusing on my housework, whatever. But what's interesting is that Ruth Ann is a writer. And oh, no kidding. And it ends with her at home telling her husband, like, you know, it's like, I'm having, I'm finally having a breakthrough on the book. Do you mind taking the kids to a restaurant tonight? I don't feel like cooking because I, I feel like I need wow. to do it. And he's like, and her husband's like, yeah, no problem. And that's how it ends. Oh, that's trippy. That. And so as far as like the movie's brand of feminism, 
I think like you can't dismiss the Stepford Wives out of hand because it was like sort of the only pop. Yeah, for feminist, sure. Yeah. A, a movie of its kind at the same time. But it's like so one of the first. It yeah. pulled punches in the sense that like, so reading all this stuff and revisiting the novel, I, you know, I got annoyed with it because I was like, oh, so you turn Joanna into this sort of wannabe who's like a little directionless and a little clueless mm-hmm. because what, you thought an audience wouldn't identify with a forthrightly feminist, forthrightly self-actualized, forthrightly professional woman. You know, like she too, she was too strong and that would be right, like, like, is that like, is that unquote palatable? Right. Are like, they hedging their bets? And yeah. then I thought it's, it's, I, I, I get so kind of turned around because I was like, if you look at, at where the women's movement was in 1974, I guess when they shot this, it's like, it wasn't that, Popular. It wasn't like a pop thing, you know, where it was really looked down on in a right. lot of circles. Phyllis Schlafly, you know, was actively fighting the ERA that had passed Congress, but like ultimately would fail. In this, um, and so I, you still have to like, I mean, I feel like you still have to tip your hat to Stepford Wives and that they're like, okay, the people behind this movie agree with the tenets of feminism and they agree that, you know, sort of that they need to not – uh, that 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 the choice is essential to the dignity of any human being to live their life how they want to, and certainly women. And so that's the reason why everybody who made this movie made this movie, right? Because like clearly that's what they believe, and they want it. And so I I guess they made a lot of these sort of the pop choices around it, like making it a little funny and not making it quite such a like descent into hell like mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby was, but rather try to make it pop so that you can seduce mm-hmm. an audience that might be on the fence about the women's move, about right. women's libbers or like whatever to, to be like, Oh, I see. I see. You know what I mean? So it's like, cause you can catch a lot of uh, flies with honey rather than vinegar. And so I get, I, I get why it would piss some viewers off at the time and why it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a landmark genre movie at the same time. Well, I had moments watching it and I think I'd mentioned this to you before the show that watching it in today's context, some of the stuff Joanne says, I'm like, she's a bad bitch. Like oh, she yeah. just yeah. kind of like says her oh, deal. Yeah. She, she, you know, the, one of the, she even, even sort of watered down, even watered down. She still stands mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. in the moments when he's like, have you ever done it in front of a log fire? And she replies, not, not with, with you. you. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah. Backhand her. that motherfucker, you know? <laughs> And it's you know does he the, the, does the the movie I forget all of a sudden does the movie have the masturbation scene no no so in the novel the first night that Walter goes to the men's, men's club aso- the men's association uh, good for her you know presumably he's been presented <laughs> good for her. he's been no she doesn't masturbate oh, oh. <laughs> oh boo who um, masturbates then uh, <laughs> the story is boring. Um, <laughs> Presumably at the men's association, he's been presented with this plan of like, hey, you know how Joanna, you know, can it's nag a, you. Yeah, and, naggy wife. You know, has a period. And, you know, like I can only imagine what the thoughts. Fuck, yeah, she has, has thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he would be presented with what if we could change all that. And so Wait. he comes home and she's asleep by then and she wakes up in the middle of the night. He just got home and he's jerking off and she catches him and the bet and she catches him and he's like, Oh, well, sorry. You know, I didn't want to wake you up or whatever. And she's like, what's come over you. And then she, and then it's like, they have the best sex that they've had in years. Huh. Hmm. But 
it's so fucking twisted. Yeah, because like, he's like he's hot for like aroused, coming up. He's aroused at the fantasy of, and in the novel, he's like, "Well, I'm going to change the men's association from inside, honey. There's no reason why it should be so sexist as to be a men's association." And she's like, "Well, why don't I come with you?" And he was like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's not ruffle it Give up. Give me a I minute can, here, because he he presents as a feminist, Walter, and so I don't know. This the That's the wild. The story is just so ahead of its time, and so there is. Ways. I mean, and the movie has so like I like. There's how everything is so layered in the movie too. Like you start seeing it from the very beginning. Like they do a lot of character development really brief, like quickly, briefly, and right up front." Sometimes non-verbally too. Like her first shot is of a mannequin being carried by a yeah. guy who has no respect for it. Like limbs falling off, mm-hmm. naked. She's got tape or some sort of binding over her eyes and her ears. And like watching it as a non-college student, because I think that was the last time I watched it. I was like, "Fuck, that's like a lot right there." And like the first two minutes, that says a ton. It gives you the entire. It eventually gives you where the story's going from the mm-hmm. very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I just I mean, that, on top of it, like Joanna is a photographer. I mean, she's her a woman eyes who are sees. so important to right. her. She's a woman. That's why who that sees. shot at the end. Are those eyes in the novel, the black eyes? Because that to me is like no. a really powerful thing because yeah. those are the things she needs more than anything in her life. And it's like are her eyes. Yeah. And it's like I watching the movie, I'm like, I get it. It's a movie. And it, it, you it's need a the visual, visual medium. Yeah. So like I get that some of the choices. But again, the novel is is not about uh, a sci-fi big reveal. Surprise, men are bad. It's like, uh-huh. it, it's, like it's a novel it. about, well, yeah. <laughs> Ira Levin's kind of taking, yeah, he's treating that as kind of a, 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 a probable par for the course. It's It's really just sticking to the idea that Joanna, there's no release for Joanna. Mm-hmm. Or the only release is is that submission. And that's what makes this incredibly slight, tiny little book. Like, just... I mean, it's, you get, bam, it just like hits you. And that's what's amazing about it is that you know it's coming, but it's so well written. I need to like order that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I wish she'd had some release with Bobby. Right? Because they would have looked real cute together. Dreaming. Well, that is, a, glad, I was going to, it's actually a question for later. We can ask, we could talk about it now. We could talk about it later. But I wanted to know your thoughts on a remake. Like, I think it's ripe for a remake. I would love to see a, a, a woman's point of view yeah, via a remake. Cool. I wish um, Sofia Coppola would oh like would. Karen Kusama. Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone who's really going to lean into the paranoia aspect mm-hmm. and really, yeah. and make a real chamber piece out of it. I think it would be interesting to, to try to, to, I mean, it's a, it would be a bear because like dragging Stepford wives out of comedy, because that's where it's, it's 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 so interesting because while the novel has a lot of laugh lines, I mean, you know, Bobby is a really funny character. Very funny. Um, <laughs> Love her. It's this is so funny. It's so really great it's it's just it's it's like a vice. The book. Um, so I, I uh, I mean, I'd love to talk about the remake that exists. I find it fascinating. It's I found so it totally fascinating. Bizarre. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Um, 
Kara texted me when she said she couldn't make it today. She's like, I even read the book again. I watched that shitty remake so I could talk about it on the show. Oh. <laughs> She's like, I was so looking forward to making fun of the remake with you. Maybe well, that should be the episode when she comes back. I mean, yeah, oh, maybe. That's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we could just fucking just tear fucking it apart. Tear I have not seen the remake since that time in the theater. I mean, there's certain things that- It was such a kick to the dick seeing that movie. <laughs> well, it's just, it's very, it makes right out of the gate. It's making some some hot choices that I'm just like, I don't even know what. <laughs> this is about Nicole Kidman, who is, in when you think about it, perfect to play a Joanna. Absolutely. Uh, the cast is great. Yeah, but they make her a television executive. <laughs> Reality TV. Who of, of, in, of, frankly, insane Paul Rudnicky. Like rea- you know, reality, you know, two thousand four. We yeah. were kind of like the the peak of reality of, TV, or like <laughs> the initial peak of reality TV when it was still dominated by the broadcast networks. Right, but it was getting crazier and crazier. Like, what was that one with Darva Conger, who wants to marry a millionaire? Oh my god! Yes. Anyway, with Joe Mil- Joe Millionaire. Joe was great. It was was it Joe Millionaire? Shit. I had a roommate. And he was like, well, I'm not a millionaire. (laughs) Oh, my bad. (laughs) All these women were so. I do concrete. (laughs) Construction? Concrete. And then they're basically like daring this poor woman to like marry a liar. Zora. Who wants to marry a liar? Basically is what. Mm. And they gave him the last name Marriott. So they would think he was part of the hotel chain. Evan Marriott was his name. Yeah. I had a friend in college who was not the brightest. And one time we were watching and he walked in, he goes, why do they keep calling him Evan? I thought his name was Joe. And I'm like, Uh, his name is not actually Joe millionaire. dude." That man is president of the United States. Um, no. Jared Kushner. <laughs> Isn't that man? Uh, she's a television executive in the remake who um, makes insane and bad reality television. And then she's fired and she has a nervous breakdown. Yes. And that's why they moved to Stepford. So it's like already right from the top, she's uh, she's sort of this broken doll in need of quote unquote fixing because she quote unquote works too hard and she quote unquote has ignored her marriage. And it's like, it, it it's really bizarre how, and on top of it, Glenn Close is the one who's behind the whole Stepford robot, ro- right. robotization of, I forgot of, about that. Yeah. That's and right. It's really weird how the remake goes about trying to make, like a woman or these women sort of responsible for the men right. reacting in these yeah. words. It's really, I don't know. It just, it's a movie that couldn't pick a tone and it's well, It's clear. also like either it's a movie that says you're either a career woman or a wife. Can't be both. Yeah, basically. Right. And also it was like, but also gay men and gay men are trying to turn, like mask each other up too. And it's like, yeah. And they're like, and it was like not barfing up. Rain, I, the, I know. Like, but, farting rainbows. I know, but. But Stepford Wives is not like, don't make it about men. <laughs> like, don't make it about men doing stuff to men. Don't do yeah. it. It's not. I don't it was like the Desperate it. Housewives version of gay men, too. <laughs> oh, man. It was really, it's, I mean, the, the, at one point, one of the one of the wives is like an ATM. It's really uh, yeah. insane. It's really bizarre. Um, um, I don't know. Let's talk about Carol. I just love that she brings over a casserole. I wish I had a neighbor that brought me a casserole. I'll just die if I don't get this <laughs> So Carol is like... Poor Carol. Poor Carol. I, I 
I I gave her a backstory in my head, and I said she's the original. She's like the first. She mm-hmm. was the prototype. The beta. That they, yeah, that they like were she's like, okay, we, beta, yeah. yeah, we got this now. There were some before her, but they all malfunctioned or something. Mm. Um, and they're like, she's the one we go with. And um, she's, it's fucking creepy. Oh, it's really fucking she's creepy. She's the creepiest of them all. And like Walter's like total gaze on her when she's walking away after giving the casserole. And it's cool how the movie kind of like plays it like he's kind of like, what the fuck? But he's actually like, ooh, this is my future. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was super interesting. And I was a little confused and I wanted to bring this up. Who was the guy in the yard with her? Was that her husband yeah. that yeah. he saw grab her boob? That, yeah. Joanne? that like opens okay. her shirt. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was somebody else. So no, I thought was I was like, I couldn't remember. I hadn't seen it. I was waiting for the film to go where the husbands would share their their bots with each other, right. um, so I wanted to get clarification <laughs> I mean, on that. Swap oh night, <laughs> swap bot. Yeah. Good lord, I can only imagine. Um, poor Carol. Wait, it was it. Sh- who was hit in the parking lot? Of- Carol. Carol. Was it Carol? Yeah. So that She's like, like this a- is so silly. You want she? Ca- <laughs> this is so. What did she say? She just shorting right out. This is like, so girl, silly. She- yeah. And she like keeps kind of feeling for her head, but not touching it. Oh my god. The whole yeah. time, and I'm like, what's going on with your chip? Right. Um, and that's, uh, what do you think, it, I mean, aside from just sort of like, let's make sure we do mass appeal, like what's the, what's behind the choice of the filmmakers to make a Stepford woman an, a, a literal robot? As opposed uh, yeah. to, as opposed to just a sort of docile, narcotized kind of. I think it's really mm. scary because it's like yeah, they like have to kill yeah because if you like become if you get like you're into the propaganda and you're like okay and i don't know eventually you're like swayed maybe you can come back mm. maybe not i don't know but if you're a robot like you're dead right and there's yeah. just this like there's no it. chance yeah. like you're replaced you're gone when well, i find it really interesting too that she and not just saying this is so silly she kept saying it's just my head Like, there's so much there. Like, it's where your brain lives. It's like, it's also your head. It's like, it's so interesting that, like, the the repeated sentences, this is so silly. It's just my head. And, like, I have dealt with scary tension headaches in the past where I actually thought, like, I might have had something going on. They were so bad that my friend who's a neurosurgeon, it was literally, I was telling him, and he's like, could you please go get an MRI right now and thankfully nothing was wrong but like it flashed back to that i remember kind of maybe it's like a kind of a statement too on how like as humans we kind of protect ourselves by denying things Mm -hmm. and when those were going on for a while i was just like "Eh, it's just headaches um but it kind of bleeds into her next thing where it's like (laughs) malfunctioning of the recipe which we have the clip if we want to hear it yeah yeah because sorry let me yeah oh Oh. this is like the second instance where we get like a big yeah. sense of like what is going on. Oh yeah. And sorry, just real quick speaking to the robot thing. I mean, it, it's kind of like the, the get out situation of yes. like your body is disposable. Like it literally doesn't matter to me if your body is present here. Like it's it just true. needs get to out. look like you. It needs to be the surface. The inside doesn't matter. Your guts don't need to be there. Your brain doesn't need to be there. It's so well, Jordan yeah. Peele has said many times that two of his biggest influences for that movie were this oh, hell yeah. and Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Mm. Oh, anyway, totally so yeah, here, here is the clip. Mm. I 
just die if I don't get this recipe. I'll just die if I don't get this recipe. I'll just die if I don't get this recipe. Walter, take over. How many of these have you had? Don't you know you can't handle this stuff? Don't you remember what this stuff does to you? I'll just die if I don't get this recipe. Why the hell do you do this in public? It was this problem I had, you see. I, the next I couldn't day. handle it. It was out of control. I guess that's one of the reasons Ted moved us to Stepford. The, the drinking was getting so bad, and he blamed the city and all its pressures. And oh, I knew I shouldn't have touched the stuff, but I did, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Bobby's like, if I had to apologize every time I got drunk, right? It's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was my thought while watching. I'm like, why the fuck is she apologizing to these two? Like, what do you think the motivation is there to ha- for the men to tell her to go apologize to Bobby and Joanna? To put them at ease, I think. You think so? Yeah. I mean, because she looked – there's something so human about her apology because it's like when she's shorting out and walking around the party, it's like that's not the – by far the weird it's not at all by far the weirdest thing that someone's done while drunk (laughs) i don't know that they really would have thought that much about it because they already thought that these folks were kind of weird when they kind of didn't because didn't they didn't they're like why are you apologizing they literally yeah one of them's like why are you apologizing to us you didn't do anything but yeah i think it like the men need the women to take all responsibility for their behaviors for everything for everything and it's also like part of submission, I think, to have to like apologize for things that you did that weren't wrong. Well, it's the it's the it's this oppressive ladylike mm-hmm. yeah kind of mentality that that these women these robots have been programmed yeah. with, right? Yeah, it's, all it's, about respectability. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and based on what you just said, it made me think. Like, I bet she had to like do the apology tour that day, mm-hmm. and we only got to see the apology to Bobby and Joanna. Did she have a press conference? <laughs> just like knocking on doors, just apologizing. <laughs> like and then on the nightly news, it's like local woman. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry if you were offended right. by me asking for the recipe. Exactly. <laughs> just die. Uh, oh man. Um, I mean, the audio of those parties always like. I mean, there's an aspect of Stepford Wives when I watch it. Just reminds me of like the dinner parties my parents had. Oh really? Yeah. This kind of like. We're all friends in the community, and because of work, and we all have and we're the, the wives, same interests, and we're going to talk around stuff in a kind of non-committal way. It's very like Ugh, it's a very specific boring. kind of uh, tone, and I I don't mean to be um, uh, I know your time rude or mean about anything. It, you know, it's like people's interests are their interests, but there's a, a there's a there's a, uh, an exaggerated truth, you know, about, um, about the, what, what the movie captures in terms of the tenor of a dinner party. And, you know, and, and at least in my case, like the early mid eighties, Yeah, you know, where the adults are all, we're all gathered and we're all wearing our, our best and come into our dining room with the new stain proof carpeting, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's their new China. Yeah. That's very I think that's one of the reasons why I do love the movie because it has, it really conjures in many ways like what what I remember homes homes looking like neighborhoods looking like in a certain way. I didn't grow up in Connecticut, 
grew up in Canada, but but there is a kind of aggressive niceness. Well, it also sometimes of it also captures like the seventies in that sense too, where like more and yeah. more people were moving away from the city and into the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stuck with me while watching it too is I was like, oh my god! Like only three years later. Halloween came out where they finally put the scares in suburbia. And I guess the scares are in suburbia here, but they make such a point in this movie of saying, you can leave your doors unlocked. It's so safe. This and the other thing. But then that hottie cop later in the movie (laughs) is like, you can't walk around at night in a town like this. Everything's so nice. Someone's going to come and steal something from you. So it's like they, they like essentially are gaslighting the women at all cost, And you're going to feel safe here. And then if you wander from, from that in a different way, then they'll use fear to manipulate you. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Also thinking Mm. about when they have their men's meeting in front of Joanna and they're like talking about all the charity action they're about to get involved in. And it's just wild because I often think about men in power and how they may do some good things like have a charity drive for Christmas toys or like whatever they were um, when they mention the about, cake drive, I'm like, yeah. cunts are going to make the women uh, make, right, make those cakes. Right. <laughs> and, and how they like float by on these like mediocre good deeds. Right. When they're like fucking evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, that pat on the back will last a year yeah. for putting together one like donation drive. Yeah. But well, ag- and again, this is a way that the Stepford Wives film somehow manages to make it about men. And not true. About the action. It's, it's so wild now because now that i like i feel like i read all this stuff now and i'm just like oh well, even i'll the- never watch it the same way again even though i love it i love it so much but i mean it's- even in that scene we don't even get to see her we get to see a man's drawing of her yeah like the camera's not even focused on her it's on his notepad yeah um Which, i do by lo- the way so creepy <laughs> like <laughs> hey honey my friend is gonna <laughs> yeah. come hang out and he's gonna sketch you before i heard his name ike i kept referring to him in my notes as the drawing perv <laughs> right <laughs> like this person's gonna draw you this person's gonna record your voice yeah it's not weird this right. guy works at disneyland making mannequins well, speaking of him she's got a great line to diz though when he's like, I used to work at Disneyland and she just kind of looks at him like, no, you fucking did it. And he's like, you don't believe me. And she goes, why don't you believe me? And she's like, you don't look like someone who enjoys making other people happy. Yes. And it's like, so it's true. She went off with that. Line. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, and he, yeah. I love that he kind of smirks. Cause you know, his smirk is like, to me anyway, watching it again, the smirk is totally him being like, she's got me pegged. She's mm. right. And also, and I'm going to get you. Yeah. yeah. Like, Ah, oh, the drawing perv. That's a good one. <laughs> we love you, Stafford Wise. <laughs> I, I really, really do. How about when uh, uh, Patricia's calling Frank the king? Oh, my God. the <laughs> ma- You're the master. I think it's like... There are there are men... This is a question. There are men that want to... They want that said to them? Yeah. It, it, they don't care that, if it's like, true. Is that real? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I guess if you can, if you can articulate it, there's somebody that wants it. So like, yeah. of course, but I think it's like, was this, this was supposed to, this is the comedy you're talking about, right? Like this is yeah, I mean, supposed it, I mean, to be hilarious. Right? I think what you're saying makes sense, especially in light of the fact that only the most insecure people alive would turn <laughs> their spouses or kill them and yes. replace them with fuck dolls. <laughs> like living fuck dolls. the best dolls. sex I've ever yeah, had. Yeah. Like, 
That's a level of tiny dicked. <laughs> it is tiny dicked insecurity. Dick that is like small dick energy. S D E S D E. We're not body Stepford, shaming. Stepford no. dick energy. Stepford, oh. Stepford yeah. That, there you yes. go. That's better. It's yes. Stepford, no dick shaming, energy Stepford dick energy can come in any size, yes. but you have no act right. Right. Like that's that, cr- yes. Exactly. And it means that your entire <laughs> vision of yourself. I mean, these men, these men are raping the personhood of these of their wives. Yeah. Essentially, because it is. It's. It's not even actually about them. It's about themselves. It is the biggest ego trip. And I mean, they, they are, they need to see themselves reflected in someone else's eyes mm-hmm. as being masters perfect. of their domain and perfect. Yeah. And, uh, fuck masters. And, <laughs> masters. and, yeah. and 201, I mean, I mean 201, all those guys are not, you know, I get you. Fuckable. I mean, like yeah. they're like, I mean, am right. I forgetting any they of them? Need, or they any need of a robot. Them? Yeah, you're right. The the like, cop is hot. <laughs> I, I I love that that station wagon drives into town like a station wagon of that family, and he's like, "Who are they?" <laughs> and I remember being like, "I remember being like, wow, Stafford wise, a different the amount of station wagons in the movie, right?" Um, that takes me back. Well, too. and they're so they need to be looked at as perfect, but they're such fucking cowards in every way too. Like they can't even kill their wives; they make these robots yep. do it for them. And it's just, it's just gross. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's, you know, when, un, it's unreal. When Joanna first goes over to Bobby's, um, when Bobby has changed, I, I couldn't tell at first if Bobby had changed. I, cause she had on the white dress. So I was like, oh, she's changed. But then her, at first, the way she's talking seems pretty normal. And then it's, there's something so subtle that happens where she, where you're like, oh, I'm absolutely positive that when she stabs her, she's not going to bleed. Yeah, I was just we actually have that clip so, if we want to hear it because it's so great. Yeah, Bobby, stop it's it. terrifying. Look at me. Yeah, because you know Say it's going to happen. And why would you go and do a thing your like that? different. Your face. What you talk about? Dropping All bugs. of this is different. Yes, yes, this. It's wonderful. Why don't you change your mind and have a cup? What does archaic mean? Love that. Archaic. Yes. I don't know. Think! You used to know when we went to Marie Axel and she was ironing. She didn't know, but you did. Did I? Well, I forgot. How do you want it? That's not you, Bobby. It wasn't <laughs> on the word list, was it? This is a it's new also like 10 o'clock. Stop at the coffee. <laughs> you take cream. Look, I bleed. Oh, that's right. You take it black. Well, I've cut myself. I bleed. Do you bleed? Mm. Why, look at your hand. No, you look. Joanna, how could you do a thing like that? Mark plays Joanna in the remake. I was just going to give you coffee. That would, that would be inadvisable casting. Uh, I love that part. It's so great. Um, did you ever see the... the um, the TV sequel, like television, no, television sequels. No. So there was, um, there's three of them. There yeah. was, yeah, there was Revenge of the Stepford Wives, which is about the Stepford husbands and the Stepford children. <sighs> and um, I'll on 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 the day uh, that this pod drops, I'll post a clip from uh, Revenge. 
because Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge Simpson, is one of the wives who gets turned. And so if you've ever wanted to hear Marge Simpson as a Stepford wife, now you can. (laughs) Just go to my Instagram on the day of this pod. It's our own personal treehouse of horror. Exactly. So amazing. The second, the, the first sequel is like a reporter going to solve the Stepford wives, right? Exactly. Which is kind of like how the remake kind of ends in that with a little nod to the precisely. Yeah. Um, well, well, there's so much more to talk about, but we've been going for a long time. Does this movie get a pride float? Oh, only if there is a sequel where Bobby and Joanna fuck, <laughs> <laughs> because I just think it would be really good. <laughs> Also, when I watched this the, uh, earlier really this that's week, it. that's it. When I watched this earlier this week, there was this meme going around a lot about tall, to, uh, tall bottoms and short tops. My favorite. Oh my god! So, <laughs> and it's Go like a, it's like a, is it was it like a screenshot from Bambi or something? Anyway, it's like because it's like Jesus. the deer, like when, Bambi. When he's learning to walk. Yeah, but then is it like Thumper who's like short and it's he's like sniffing Bambi's ass? So it looks like Thumper is eating Bambi's ass, <laughs> and so Thumper's short and like standing up, and Bambi's like tall. So I was talking about um, sh- oh <laughs> short tops and tall bottoms, and I was like, what if Joanna and Bobby? Joanna's the short top duh and bobby's the tall bottom duh and it just sounds so good that's why we need a remake yeah <laughs> there you go folks so yeah i would give that <laughs> you give that a, a pride float a, a float and a whole party night dedicated to short I, tops and tall bottoms i agree i don't think that stepford wives gets a pride oh, the only reason it would get a pride float is to be like aren't you glad you're gay? <laughs> because, okay, yeah. because, maybe, because, because like I look at this movie and I'm like, oh, true. I'm like, oh, I'm straight gonna, people are wild. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go 69 with my boy. <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's bleak. Oh, I feel that. It is bleak. So on that level, yes, it gets a pride float. I don't know. Yeah. No pride float for me, but I get a, I give it a recommend. All right, definitely yeah. a recommend. Yeah, we Stefford wives, we love you. Mm-hmm. You may have some blemishes as a result of you know like the road you had to take to make it to the big screen. But right. I just think I just think it ages awfully well. I think so oh, too, yeah. and it you know it's one of the first films about feminism. I mean, so pop and, films, yeah. You know. So in that way, Trailblazer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, if the Real Housewives can play to gay audiences, why not the Stepford Wives? Right. Which is, a, you know, a, a, a way to think of how Stepford Wives have sort of insinuated themselves in the culture already. Oh my exactly. God. Imagine a, heel, a Real essay, Housewives yeah, of Atlanta crossover with Stepford Wives. <laughs> Nene Leakes gets turned oh into. A, okay, I'm dying. Already. Well, watching the movie. <laughs> to Greg, is it Greg or yes, husband? Yes. <laughs> I kept thinking of like uh, Nini as Joanna is kind of my God. an amazing idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, die. And like Taraji is like the best friend, and then Taraji's Bobby. Yeah. And I had one last question I wanted what? to ask. And then you. Tyler Perry okay. like, runs uh, is nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he runs the men's association. You he's, know what? That is that's he's one of the station wagons. That makes sense. That's perfect. Um, he's one of the station wagons. <laughs> <laughs> So people have posed while I was doing research. I wanted, I meant to, this needs to be part of it because I think it's an interesting question. So people online pose that Joanna at the end of the movie is actually not changed, that she's actually still Joanna. 
Is that why we have this whole murder board full of yes. printed out articles you have over here? <laughs> it's like a red yarn wall. So I actually <laughs> read a <laughs> It's like Ted Bundy's Michael, picture for Michael no reason. <laughs> so, but, okay. So in the EW article, someone, I actually read the comment. And for the first time in my life, I read a comment that's actually useful. Oh. So this, uh, the writer of the Entertainment Weekly article was a, a woman by the name of Devin Kogan. In this comment says, interesting that Devin Kogan wrote about the ending being that there can be no doubt about what happened. This person doesn't disagree, but they have found that when they've recommended the film to people, many people have expressed the belief that Joanna somehow escaped her fate and is only pretending to be a Stepford wife. I find it intriguing that this interpretation has come up as often as it has in my experience, and I sometimes find myself agreeing with it. I think it's the way that Catherine Ross plays the final scene in the supermarket. While the other wives glide serenely through the scene, she seems ever so slightly guarded and anxious, which a Stepford wife would never be. Then in the final shot before the closing credits, as Joanna walks towards the camera, she goes out of focus, and when she comes back into focus, her eyes fill the screen in close-up. On one hand, this serves as evidence that the Joanna robot was completed, with the black voids having been filled in, but it could also be a sign that the real Joanna, a photographer, an observer whose eyes were crucial to her identity, lives on. So, thoughts. I actually, like, kept – I rewound that, like, ten times Hmm. before, like, today, after reading that today. And I see it. Hmm. I see this, like, slight hesitation and, like, her, like, thinking. I love that. I hope that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think it's intriguing. I'd be curious for listeners to get at us. And, yeah, definitely. You know, tell us what yeah. you think. I it sounds like Good a li- like a little bit of wishful thinking to me. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Um I'm I'm not sure I buy that. I get the reason why we want that to be. Yeah, I guess and it's I think like a that the movie's done. I think if I think if you come away from the movie desperately wanting that to be the case, then the movie's done its job. Yeah. Um Good point. But I'm not sure I'm not sure I buy that. Well, I think that's a good way to end and ask our audience to at us with their thoughts on the ending. Maybe we could post a poll. Oh, good idea. And where can we find you for them to at you, Nay? Uh, at Black Cupcake on Instagram or Twitter. And Mark? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Senior Teen. You can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Michael Kenken. You can find me somewhere. <laughs> and Brennan? Uh, yeah, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. And for all of your uh, Yorona updates, news, <laughs> interviews, and information. And hot dads. Um, yeah, follow me at Maria Menounos. Um, no, I'm at, <laughs> I'm at It's Raining Brands. What, what if she Paul? interviewed by Yorona, though? I would Uh-oh, watch that out of that. Yeah. In her, in her overalls. She's wearing overalls now. I've been um, in the movies lately. She's got them. It's great. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.